Good morning and welcome to our special Halloween episode of Crime Over Coffee. I'm one of your hosts, Abby. I'm your editor, Bryce. And I'm your other host, Erica. Today we're going to be telling you about the mysterious death of Elisa Lamb. Ooh, spooky. So pour yourselves a strong cup of joe and let's dive in. Elisa Lamb was a 21-year-old Canadian college student who was attending the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. Elisa had decided that she was going to go on a solo trip around the west coast of the United States. On January 26, 2013, she arrived in Los Angeles and checked into the Cecil Hotel. Her family was really nervous for her to go on this trip by herself, as it would have been her first trip by herself out of the country. But she made the decision to go and promised her parents, David and Yana Lamb, that she would check in every day of the trip to let them know that she was safe. Part of the reason that her parents were really nervous for her to go on this trip alone was she had recently been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and had been prescribed four different medications to assist with that. So at this time, she was taking Wolbuterin for depression, Lamectil for bipolar disorder, Seroquel for bipolar disorder, and Effexor for depression. She had also recently started a blog where she was talking about her struggles with mental health, what was going on in her life, and fashion images. So she had quite a wide variety of what she talked about on her blog, but she really enjoyed doing that. On January 31st, 2013, Elisa was supposed to check out of the Cecil Hotel. Her parents had not heard from her that day, though, and they were beginning to get nervous. So they went ahead and contacted the Los Angeles Police Department, who went over to the hotel to see if they could find Elisa, or if there was any sign of her. After searching the hotel, they could not find Elisa anywhere. The LAPD brought search dogs into the hotel to see if they could find any trace of Elisa, and they were not able to find any evidence. LAPD then checked the security cameras in the hotel and found something kind of interesting. For anybody who knows about this story, they've probably heard of the footage that the LAPD released of Elisa in the elevator at the Cecil Hotel. So this is a news story for our editor Bryce. Erica and I both know it. So this is fresh for him and we're going to show him the video. It's about a four minute video. It's on YouTube. It's easy to find. I recommend you guys pause the podcast and go watch it real quick so you know what we're talking about. We'll describe it a little bit, but we are going to show that video to Bryce now. So Bryce, we're going to play the video for you and I want you to kind of react for everybody. As Abby said, if you guys want to pause the podcast and go and pull the video up, we will put it in our show notes and you guys can just click that link and listen to it and watch what she's doing while Bryce is kind of reacting to it and describing it a little bit. Or just listen to my wonderful voice and I will narrate it. Okay, so she's pressing every button in the elevator, looks like, which I've probably done before. she's, She's acting like she's heard something or waiting for something, or hiding from something. It's hard to tell at this point. Um, the elevator door hasn't closed, but she looks like she's expecting something outside in the hallway. It almost seems like she's performing some sort of like steps and waiting for something to happen. Like how if you like go into a bathroom at night and like say Bloody Mary into the mirror three times. Like it seems like she's doing something with the expectation of something happening, but nothing's happening. The elevator's not even closing, even though she pressed the buttons, like, 
several seconds ago. She just seems confused, and now she's pressing the buttons again multiple times. It's like she's desperate for something to happen. I don't know what she's doing, but I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt that she is talking to someone off camera and describing something with her hands, but it looks like she's she was feeling for something in front of her, like something invisible that she was reaching for. But I guess that's it. I don't know what to say. That was just weird. I'm going to give like just a quick recap. So she goes into the elevator, immediately presses every button, and then stands in the back corner of the elevator and just like waits there for a while. And then she kind of like keeps peeking out the hallway, like she's maybe looking for something or someone, and she jumps out into the hallway at some point. She comes back in. She goes out a couple times and she's like moving her hands around. And like this is the part that I thought was creepy is how she's moving her hands. It's kind of unnatural. It's really awkward. Like Bryce, it looks like she was maybe like trying to like pet something. Like it's so strange. And she is talking to someone. I don't know. But she eventually gets back in the elevator, presses all the buttons again. And the elevator doors never close. To me, it was as if someone told you, like, there's this urban legend. Like, if you if you go into the elevator and push every button, something will happen out in the hallway or something. And it's like she's she's trying to catch it happening or something. But that, I mean, that also explains why she's kind of scared, too. Because at one point, she kind of hides around the corner and then jumps out. And then it's like she tries it again. She, like, pushes all the buttons again, like, just to make sure. And then it's like she's wondering if maybe whatever is supposed to happen she can't see so she's trying to feel i don't know it's like some ghost story or something and i i don't know so yes you are like on the money this is something a lot of people point to is there's this game uh it's kind of like an urban legend it's called the elevator game a lot of people think maybe she was trying to do this i'm going to turn this over to erica to kind of give you a description So, yes, this game is called the elevator game. Like Abby said, it is considered a Korean game where you can use an elevator to travel to another dimension. Okay. So, if you guys are bored and going on vacation anytime soon and you want to try it, here are the directions to do this. So, which I don't recommend, but here they are for you. (laughs) So, find a building with at least 10 floors. Make sure to be alone and that no one else joins you in the elevator throughout the process. Otherwise, you have to start over. Press the button to get to the fourth floor. Do not get out. Then go to the second floor, the sixth floor, then the second floor, and then the tenth floor. Do not get out on any of these floors. Then go to the fifth floor. There, a young woman might come into the elevator with you. Do not speak or look at her, even though she may look familiar. Then press the first floor. If you press to go to the first floor, but the elevator goes to the tenth floor... Remain on the elevator because you're still in the game. But if you press to go to the first floor and the elevator does go to the first floor, then exit the moment the doors open. Do not speak or look back. You're no longer in the game. Once you reach the 10th floor, you can choose to get off or stay. If you choose to get off, the woman from step four may ask you a question and even call your name. Do not answer her. Now you have reached the other world. To know for sure that you have reached the other world, the sign is that you are the only one there. So basically, they're saying, first off, there are some rules, quote unquote rules for this. You have to do it by yourself. You're not supposed to film it or do any type of documentation. But 
it's basically it was funny Bryce earlier mentioned like Bloody Mary it's similar to that where it's like if you do this something otherworldly or ghostly might happen I don't think she was even following the rules though no, I mean, there's not a point in this elevator game where you push all the buttons, but it's it's just weird that she's doing something that people kind of drew some, like, correlation to. Okay, but something that came to me while we were watching that video is what if, and if this other dimension is real, and it's, like, a parallel dimension, what if she had previously done the correct steps and now she was trying to return to our dimension? There are steps to return to our dimension. So in order to return, you have to go to the exact elevator that you came from and press the same order of buttons mentioned before, finishing at the fifth floor. Once you're at the fifth floor, press the button for the first floor. However, this will cause the elevator to go to the 10th floor. So you must press any other floor button to stop it from going to the 10th floor before reaching there. Once you're on the first floor, make sure everything around you is all right. If something is not normal, remain in the elevator and repeat step two. Part of me wonders if this is a real thing. I could see it being her attempting to return back to our universe. Right. So, you know, a lot of people, like we've said, draw some correlation to this and wonder if she was trying to do something similar. Maybe she was actually pulling a stranger things and going to other dimensions. Or maybe she, in her mind, thought she was. Either way, when you watch the video, it's weird. It's not how someone typically acts on an elevator. What do, you, what do you think, Bryce? If we're going to just speak as realistically as possible and assume that like other dimensions aren't a real thing that you can just go to through an elevator, either she was intentionally being weird, perhaps was on a drug, like high or who knows, and was just really acting really strange, right? That's about all I can think of. Because it's too inexplicable. It's too much of random behavior to do by yourself. Like if she was with someone else, I could see people like goofing around or like whatever. But I don't know if anyone was out in that hallway. If she was like hiding from someone or like playing a game with someone that she met there and she was trying to get the elevator to go somewhere and it wasn't. So that's why she was hiding, but also peeking her head out. And I don't know. That's that's about all I can think of. I do want to know with the strange behavior... When she first checked into the hotel, she was staying in a hostel style room and ended up getting put in a room by herself because the other people said that she was acting strange. I do want to be clear and say I don't personally believe in this other dimension thing, but I did discuss it because it is something that a lot of people kind of believe and relate to her. And a lot of like Reddit posts and stuff will mention it. And there's full websites that are dedicated to like talking about that in the game and how real it is. Well, a couple more things about the video before we move on. It was not released by the LAPD until the 15th. So she was reported missing the 31st. So they didn't release this till much later. Also, a lot of people believe that it's not the full video and that there has been some cuts made to it, whether that be to hide someone else who could be incriminated in the video or what, we don't know, but there's a lot of speculation that we are not seeing the full video. Police do also keep information back in investigations too, so that they can identify someone if they're like a suspect that could be incriminating. Okay, so now that you mentioned that, I do have a big suspicion about video editing. So with footage that is stable, like doesn't move like a security camera or a camera on a tripod, it's very easy to 
do what's called split screen effects or masking, rotoscoping, things like that. So it's possible, for instance, when she is on the right half of the screen, cut that side and on the left side, perhaps originally, there was a person that walked up to the door, said something, like you saw a kid run past that she was playing hide-and-seek from, or even the door closed and went to a different floor, but they masked a different section of video on the left side to make it seem like the door never closed or that nobody was there. And then on top of that, the whole video is very pixelated, more than I would expect it to be, because normally at the bottom of security footage, that time code is usually pretty clear, even if the video quality was not good, because usually it's recorded in whatever quality, and then the software superimposes the time code characters on it, and those are, you know, readable and legible. But the whole thing is pixelated the same amount to where you can't even read the numbers, which makes me think that perhaps the video was pixelated even further to hide some of the artifacts of editing and masking and things like that. So I think that's that's a big possibility as well. And that's something that's done pretty often to make videos look like something mysterious was happening. The part where she is moving her hands around weird, that could also be her talking to someone right in front of her, but potentially masked and rotoscoped around her hands to make it look like she's reaching out to nothing. So that's another like specific point that could be applicable. The mystery has been solved. Here at Crime Over Coffee, our go-to caffeinated beverage for every episode is Fire Department Coffee. And you can get some as well and save 15% with our exclusive coupon code CRIMEPOD15. Owned and operated by firefighters and veterans, 10% of all their proceeds go directly to helping sick and injured first responders. And with an incredible range of flavors and caffeine strength, it's a company that all of us can easily support. So please go to firedeptcoffee.com and use our coupon code CRIMEPOD15 to support us, support them, help first responders, and get some incredibly tasty coffee along the way. On February 19th, 2013, so this is now about 19 days after Elisa was last seen, guests staying at the hotel started reporting that the water pressure in their rooms was kind of messed up. And there's also some reports and some sources say that they were reporting the water tasting funny. I'm not sure if that's accurate or if that's just something that came after the fact. But either way, reports of low water pressure were coming in. So maintenance decides to check out the water tanks that are on top of the hotel. When maintenance goes up there, one of the four water tanks they notice, the lid of it is not latched shut. So they look inside and discover Elisa's naked body in the water tank, as well as her clothes floating in the tank. Also, fun fact about this water tank that not only was the supply for the hotel, it was also the water supply for the local coffee shop. Police are called to the hotel where they get Elisa's body out of the tank and do an autopsy report on her. Yeah, actually, the L.A. Fire Department had to completely drain the water tank of all the water and then cut it open in order to be able to access and remove her body from it. So the autopsy results were released and what they found in the autopsy was not quite what I think people were expecting. Water damage. Yes. The autopsy showed that her cause of death was drowning, and it was believed to have been an accidental drowning. Toxicology reports, Bryce, showed that she had a number of medical drugs in her body that were her prescribed bipolar medications. Mm-hmm. So you had mentioned, I want to say, four or five different medications that she was on. Four, yeah. And probably different amounts and taken at different times of the day. But I'm wondering if 
there is a certain combination of accidentally taking too much of one and taking another too close to it could have produced some sort of negative effect or hallucinogenic effect or something. If that's the only thing in her body from toxicology, that would still be my best guess. There was a 0.02 trace of alcohol, but no illegal substances were found in her body. And as we all know, 0.02 is not much at all. I will say, though, it's a very small amount, but I wonder if mixed with the medication that she was prescribed, it could have some more intense effect. Also, she could have had more in her system earlier in the night or day, and it had gone down her blood alcohol level. Well, she had also been soaking in water, so that probably lowered it. The toxicology report in the autopsy shows that the 0.02% of alcohol was in her bile and that there was none in her blood. Which would suggest that she had perhaps consumed alcohol earlier in the day and it was done going through her system, but it was still in her body. Yes. But as Abby said, maybe with some of the medications mixed with it, and I'm going to go into actually her medications in a second. The other results from the autopsy, though, showed that there were no sexual assault signs and no foul play. So with bipolar disorder, suicidal thoughts are very common, and they're a very common side effect of most of the medications that she was taking. Therefore, it's possible, which we'll go into this one in a second, it's possible that suicide was kind of was what her end goal was, and that was what she did. However, just real quick, in the autopsy report, they do say that from the police investigation and reviewing the circumstances that they do not support that it was a suicide. So for the medications, the effects are that she was taking a side effect of that is nervousness, which could have kind of explained some of her reactions that she was having when she was in the elevator. Maybe she was just nervous and that's why she was making a lot of hand motions. And that medication was to treat what? Effexor is for depression. So she was on Wellbuterin for depression and Effexor for depression. And then Lamactil and Seroquel for bipolar. It is very common when you are taking some of the antipsychotic medications that you take multiple to address it at once. Another thing with Effexor is this medication may increase your serotonin. That's kind of what it's known for as it is an antidepressant. An issue of increased serotonin is that it can cause a very serious condition called serotonin syndrome or serotonin toxicity. This is very common in people that take multiple medications that are to increase their serotonin. So the Welbuterin that she was on and the Effexor that she was on both increase her serotonin and could lead to the cause of this. Symptoms of serotonin toxicity are fast heartbeat, loss of coordination, severe dizziness, severe nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, twitching muscles, unexplained fever, unusual agitation and restlessness, and hallucinations. So that lines up pretty well with what I was thinking earlier, where it seemed like she was potentially under the effect of some drug or hallucinating or something like that. So we're going to address the theory that it's possible that she committed suicide. So this is kind of an unlikely theory for a couple reasons. As Abby had mentioned earlier, the autopsy report does say that it's not likely that it was a suicide. Elisa's family came forward and they said that there had never been any signs of Elisa wanting to commit suicide, no previous attempts. So it was kind of, if it was, it was kind of more of a random thing. There was also a bookstore owner who's named Katie Orphan and she worked at the last bookstore. And on the day of Elisa's disappearance, 
She said she remembered Elisa coming into the store and buying books and music for her family. Katie said, quote, it seemed like Elisa had plans to return home, plans to give things to her family members and reconnect with them. And I feel like that kind of points to the fact that she wasn't wanting to commit suicide because she was planning on going home and planning on giving all these things to her family members. But this is a theory that a lot of people kind of discuss just because of the fact that she was on medication for depression. With the theory that she committed suicide too is... The fact that it was very difficult to get up to the roof where the water tank was. Through the actual building, there is a door to the roof, but it has an alarm that goes off if you open it. And no alarm went off that night. So for Elisa to get up onto the roof, she would have had to go out a window onto a fire escape and kind of climb up and almost like at some point scale the building, climb up to the tank, open it, get in and it was shut not latched so it's weird that the lid was closed they also talk about how it was maybe kind of heavy and it would be really hard for her from the angle of where she was at to open it herself something i've wondered while researching this case though i couldn't find any information on whether or not all of her items were still in the hotel room Yeah, I couldn't either, but I did find that her phone was missing and it was never located. Elisa's parents, David and Yana Lamb, ended up filing a wrongful death suit against the Cecil Hotel several months after their daughter's death. The Lamb's attorney stated that the hotel had a duty to, quote, inspect and seek out hazards in the hotel that presented an unreasonable risk of danger to hotel guests, including Elisa. The hotel fought back against the suit, though. They wanted it dismissed. And the hotel's lawyer said that the hotel had no reason to think someone would be able to get into one of the water tanks. Especially if, like you said, the roof access had an alarm on it and you'd have to go out of your way to find a way to get up there. Yes, which is actually Santiago Lopez, the maintenance worker who found Elisa's body, did testify in court. And he described in detail how much effort he had to put into finding her body. He said that he had to take the elevator to the 15th floor of the hotel before walking up the staircase to the roof. Then he had to first turn off the rooftop alarm and climb up the platform where the hotel's four water tanks were located. Then he had to climb another ladder to get to the top of the main tank. Only after all of that did he finally see that the hatch to the main water tank was open. And then when he looked inside, he saw Elisa laying face up in the water, approximately 12 inches from the top of the tank. Santiago said that it would have been very difficult for her to go to the water tank without someone noticing. If she would have been climbing the fire escape on the side of the building, it would have been likely that someone would have seen her. And then the hotel's chief engineer, Pedro Tovar, came forward and said that it would have been very difficult for somebody to get up there without setting off the alarms that I had said Santiago had to shut off because only a hotel employee knew how to shut those alarms off. And if it was triggered, the alarm would carry through the top two floors of the hotel and also go off at the front desk. So multiple people would have heard this loud alarm going off. So... After all of this evidence, the L.A. judge, Howard Holm, dismissed the lawsuit after ruling that the death was unforeseeable because it had happened in a place that guests were not technically allowed to access. With this lawsuit and kind of the descriptions that come out of it, brings forward the idea that maybe a hotel employee was involved in her death. The fact that she made it up to the roof without anybody seeing her, if she were to be basically scaling the side of the Cecil Hotel, is unlikely they even say it in the lawsuit so in this theory people involved would be people or person involved would be working at the hotel and would have turned the alarm off so they could take her up there and dispose of her body 
this also fits with the idea that we're missing some chunks out of that video. So if a hotel employee was involved, maybe they doctored the video. So while the video may have been doctored, I have read in multiple places that the police say that the video had not been doctored. So the police would have been covering up for somebody else doctoring it. Or the actual original archival footage that the police would have accessed was doctored, right? I mean, if that's the only material that exists, then that's all they could know to be real. Or or police said that they the video was not messed with. However, they took out a part so that if information comes forward or evidence comes forward and somebody knows something that the public has not seen in the video, they can directly link them to the crime. They do that sometimes, especially when there's like specific evidence or details of the crime that they don't release to the media. That way, if a suspect knows that detail, it means they were likely a part of the crime. All I'm going to say is that that type of footage can very easily be doctored. So I think despite what the police say, it's still a possibility. The hotel staff does say that they never saw Elisa with anybody else during this whole scenario, but I don't know that that means much. There's no way they had eyes on her the entire time. The Cecil Hotel is located in kind of a dodgy area, though. There's a lot of crime that happens around it, as well as in the hotel. And people kind of point to this as maybe a possibility that there was someone else involved. The hotel is a pretty intense history. Some of the history of it includes a number of suicides, which you do see at quite a few hotels, but this one specifically has got a large number of them. Also, serial killers Richard Ramirez and Johan Jack Unterweger had stayed in the Cecil Hotel during some of their serial killer time periods. There's also reported sightings of Elizabeth Short, also known as the Black Dahlia, being seen at the Cecil Hotel right before her body was found murdered. So it's got this reputation. And a lot of people point to that as maybe having foul play involved with Elisa's death, or people look at it too as maybe something paranormal is going on here that's causing people to come to this place to commit suicide, murder, and all these negative things. As Abby kind of said, there were suicides that had happened at the hotel. And since 1927, there had been 16 non-natural deaths that had occurred and many unexplained paranormal events that were occurring in the hotel. I'm going to start the paranormal or ghost theory with asking you guys, do you believe that there is a possibility that ghosts or something otherworldly can cause somebody to change their actions or do something that they would not normally do? Not personally, no. I think that there is enough complicated chemistry in your brain that you could do things inexplicably and not realize or know how it happened. But especially with different kinds of drugs interacting like that, I, but no, I, I think the brain in and of itself is complicated enough to make you do things that you wouldn't anticipate doing. Personally, I don't think that a ghost could necessarily control you or have any sort of manipulation over you. I do believe that demons could definitely have control and manipulation if you open yourself up to that. I don't really believe in the other world dimensions. I know that there are many people that do. It could have been the medication that she was taking. It had some sort of control. But I feel like 
I don't know exactly how recently she had started taking the medications. It said that it was recent. And if it was very recent, it may have been reactions to that, that they just hadn't seen previously. And it could have been medication kind of controlling her, as Bryce had said. But I also could see it being some sort of paranormal thing that had occurred. So then this begs the question on if Abby believes in such things to transpire. Yeah, I'm going to round it out with saying I absolutely think it can happen. I don't know that this is a scenario where it did. I have no idea. But I am a firm believer that there are a lot of things going on that we have no idea about. Not to mention in the brain as well. But I do think there's outside influences that we just are not privileged to know about. And we have no idea what's going on. So I think it's possible. So at the Crime Over Coffee family, we have a yes, a no, and a maybe. Perfect for a conversation. Overall, in this situation, everybody can agree that she was acting weird. Something was off. It wasn't how a normal person acts. That being said, none of us are normal, so I can only imagine what someone would think if they just randomly saw a video of us interacting. This is why we don't video stream these very often, (laughs) if at all. I really think we should let our listeners in on that. Maybe for 200,000 plays, we'll live stream us recording an episode. So we'll have like a two-hour stream for a 35-minute episode. And we'll lose a lot of listeners, but they can get a better idea of who we are and our insanities that happen behind the scenes. So that will ensure that whatever listeners are left are in it for us. Can we get negative views and listens? No, but we can get negative feedback. (laughs) So maybe we don't want to do that. So guys, what is your thoughts and beliefs on what actually happened to Elisa Lamb? Like best guess? Best guess, best Best theory based on what we've talked about. So my answer branches off into two choices pretty early on, and that's whether or not the footage is, is doctored. If it is, then clearly there's some sort of foul play. Otherwise, why would the footage need to be doctored, right? So they could be hiding their self in the video. They could be hiding some sort of interaction they had with her that they don't want people to see. So that's an option. The other branch would be if it's not doctored, then clearly she is acting extremely abnormal. And I would venture to say that whatever combination of prescription drugs and potentially a small amount of alcohol gave her some sort of hallucinogenic or drugged mindset that led her to do weird, crazy things up until the point that she found herself exploring into a water tank and undressing herself. Like, people on drugs do some crazy, bizarre stuff, and I would not put that outside of that scope. Um, But yeah. So my question back to you before I let Abby go in. You say somebody on drugs would do some crazy things like that. Do you mean her prescription drugs or are you talking about non-prescribed drugs? Because as we did mention, the toxicology report showed none of that. But we don't know what combination of her prescription drugs she was taking. If she was taking them in wrong proportions or too much or sometimes there's a pretty specific schedule that you need to take them at. And then whether or not even a small amount of alcohol could amplify some of those side effects. This is a case where I don't really have a firm opinion either way. I do lean a little bit more towards someone else being involved and there being some type of foul play, whether that be, I guess I shouldn't say foul play. I think someone else was involved. Maybe someone else that works there went up there with her and something happened and they just tried to either cover it up by maybe doctoring the video or I'm not sure exactly. I th- I think someone else was involved somehow, though. It's like 
what Bryce said earlier, though. A lot of it stems from whether or not the video was doctored. Because if it was doctored and there was someone she was talking to, she doesn't look as crazy. If there's someone she's talking to who she's trying to get away from, it makes sense that she was kind of like staying back in the elevator, hitting any floor, just trying to get the elevator to move. However, if no one was actually there, then who knows? Yeah, I mean, if you go into watching the video with a mindset of she was playing hide and seek with someone or knowing that it was doctored and the door did close and she did go to a different floor and then she came out and then someone was there to ask her a question and she was explaining something, it doesn't really look crazy at all, except for maybe pushing all the buttons so many times. I mean, that's but at the worst case scenario, that's just being silly or doing something dumb. I also think it's possible that she could have gone up the fire escape and either nobody saw her or people saw her and they just didn't report it because they didn't think anything of it you know they talk about how it was in kind of a dicey area there might be people who were like homeless there who saw something and didn't even know that she went missing or people who just don't watch the news and i no idea what was going on to report it could also be a combination of bystander effect and people just not realizing anything's even out of the ordinary to begin with seeing someone exploring up in a building Erica, what do you think? I feel like I kind of agree that somebody else was probably involved. I don't, I personally don't think it was a medication malfunction or like a combination of the meds that she was taking or anything like that. I do feel like it would have been very hard for her to get up there by herself. I also feel like it would have been very hard for somebody to get her in there into the water tank and her not have any sort of physical assault on her. Like there was no signs that somebody else was involved. So I I just, there's nothing that points one way or the other. I think if we ever were able to find out if that video was doctored, I think that that would give us a lot of answers. But it also, if it wasn't doctored, then it doesn't help in any way, shape or form. It still leaves us with just as many questions. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Crime Over Coffee. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Over Coffee or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee Podcast, where all of our photo and video content for each episode can be found. You can also email us your thoughts and case suggestions at crimeovercoffeepod at outlook.com. Also, all of our sources can be found in the show notes of each episode. If you would like, you can support us by going to anchor.fm slash crimeovercoffee. Donations are greatly appreciated and assist in making the podcast possible. Other ways to support us include recommending us to friends and family, giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and subscribing to us on your favorite podcast listening medium. So again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.